So I'm not going to be talking a whole lot this episode. <laughs> towards the end, anyway. Tor- towards the end, yeah. I mean, reviewing some of the games, or previewing some of the games, I should say. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll throw in a chip and a dime here every once in a while. But um, Owen? It's homecoming week for me. It's yeah. homecoming week. I'm not going to be focused on Alabama next week. I we're winning that game, brother, brother. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it, brother. I don't need to be worried about the number one offense in the country. You don't. Are they number one? No, I think that's Ohio State. It's yeah. It's I feel like that's Ohio State. That's number one. Which we are going to be talking about them. Yeah, that's actually our first game. That is. It's going to be yeah, yeah. Um, Cole, let me just pull up for you here something. Um, where is it? Oh, it's a night game, by the way. Yeah, night game in Death Valley. We're Love winning. Love to see it. Uh, LSU has a 24.3% chance of winning this game. Hey, Owen, stop. <laughs> <laughs> do I want to, Do you want me to bring up West Virginia's chances of winning for the rest of the season? No, I'm going to do that later on. <laughs> I'm going to do that later on. Ah, we love to see it. But for that, I'm Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor, And this is a homecoming episode for West Virginia, anyways. Yeah, well. Here on the Panther Pod. All right, so let's get into it. Week nine is here. And... Dude, this season is flying by. It is for sure flying by. It feels like yesterday that it just got started. Um, First up, Big Ten matchup. Ohio State at number two, Ohio State at number 16, Penn State. 13. 13. My bad. Yeah, come on, Cole. 13. Oh, gosh, I don't want Nope, nope. <laughs> I don't want to fumble the ball on this one. Currently, ESPN has Penn State. Currently, ESPN is predicting a 20, 20% chance of Penn State winning this game. I just feel like that's disrespectful. I mean, I don't feel like it's disrespectful at all. They're going Ohio, against Ohio State. Ohio State is good. They are they are very good. However, Penn State does have the superior uh, mascot in the Nittany Lions over Absolutely. a nut. <laughs> 100%. What even is a Buckeye? It's a nut that looks like a weed. That looks like weed. That's about it. That's stupid. Isn't it dumb? I know. Um, Owen, let me ask you this. Who has Ohio State played that's actually decent this year? Um, it's a great question. Not Michigan State. Nope. Uh, Notre Dame at the time. That was at, at the no, time. At the time, yes, but no. I mean, they've proven that they are not good this year. I mean, it's just Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, and then Iowa. Yeah, and every single time they've blown out their opponents, except that Notre Dame game. And we know that Notre Dame isn't that great you know this what's year. wild to me? Hmm. I did, like, let's see. Ohio State plays one, two, three, Okay, never mind. Never mind. I thought they played. I, for some reason, I want to say Indiana was in the Big Ten West, but no, they are in the East, along with Maryland and Rutgers. Never mind. I was going to say, enough. do you realize how many Big Ten West players Ohio State has is going to play? But no, I think so, it's just two right now. And you you can also make the same case for uh, Penn State. The toughest team that they played was Michigan, and they got blown out, forty one seventeen. However. Back in 2016, Penn State also lost to a 
uh, near similar margin. Yeah. And uh, went on to beat Ohio State at home. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this is Penn State's game to lose. It because Ohio State's game it, to lose. It is for sure Ohio State's game to lose, but it would not surprise me if Penn State picks up the upset. I mean, Sean Clifford's having a great year. Nowhere near C.J. Stroud, good God. No, no. Um, but Penn State's offense is a little bit more balanced as far as emphasis on running the ball, and they're not depending entirely on one wide receiver. I don't know. Um, Egbuka for mm. uh, Ohio State. 735 yards. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Scratch that. That's receiving, not not rushing. Yeah. Uh, Williams, 74 carries, 516 yards, nine touchdowns for Ohio State. Yeah, but you look at uh, Nick Singleton from Penn State, 82 carries, 561, seven touchdowns. He's got more carries. He's got more yards. He just hasn't found the red or end zone two more times. I mean, that's fair. Right like, now, the spread for this game is 15-and-a-half in favor of Ohio State. Uh, fair enough. Over-under yeah. is going to be 62. I think also fair enough. Also yeah. fair enough. I mean, Penn State's going to score a lot of points, yes, but Ohio State's just going to – I mean – You're picking Ohio State? Oh, for sure I'm going to pick Ohio State. Why, why, why would I pick Penn State? Like, I understand. I understand what I just said is that Penn State – um, what I understand what I just said is that Penn State, the last time that they lost badly to Michigan, uh, they would go on to beat Ohio State at home. But uh, no, I'm going Ohio State. I'm I'm dumb, but I ain't. I'm not stupid. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, let me learn y'all a little something about myself. I'm picking Penn State. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong um, with you? I'm a, do you realize I'm a, I'm a petty I'm a petty dude. Do you realize that Ohio State on average is scoring fifty points a game? Yes. Penn State is only scoring thirty three. I get it. Ohio State is allowing fourteen. Fifteen actually. Uh who has Ohio State played besides Notre Dame? Still Still, I get it. I understand Ohio State is historically great this year. I understand. I'm Penn still State picking Penn has, State. Penn State is only giving up 19 points. Ohio State, Ohio State is putting up over 500 yards of offense on average, 312 through the air, 204 on the ground. Do the stats favor me in this decision? No. Absolutely. Is my gut screaming at me to pick Penn State? Yes. Penn State has given up, on average, 373 yards a game, 232 through the air, and 140 on the ground. I understand. I get it. I'm still picking Penn State. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? They've played Auburn. Penn State has Auburn, Central Michigan, Northwestern, and Minnesota. So you tell me who they've played. Michigan's the only team you can point at and be like, yeah, yeah. And they got they got curb stomped on that one. I understand that here's my reasoning behind picking Penn State over Ohio State and using the who have they played argument, right? If you get curb stomped by a good team, okay. You're six and one. Your offense is highly productive. Ohio State has not come up against a good team yet. 
we do not know what Ohio State is going to do against a solid defensive front seven. I know what they're going to go. What That's fine. Do That's fine. CJ Stroud. And I will gladly eat my loss next week, but for this time I'm going Penn State. Oh gosh. That's fine. I'll take it. I don't understand. I will gladly take that. Do they hit the, uh do you think do they think do you think they cover? Do they cover the 15 and a half? Um I no, god no. No? No. No, Ohio uh mm, I don't, yes, I'm going to say yes. Ohio State covers. I don't think that. No, I, I don't think they cover. Yes, I think it, if do they Penn's, hit the over? A I think I think they hit the over. Yeah, but I don't think they cover. Mm. I think it is going to be a. That means both of them have to at least score 31 points. Yeah, and both team uh, both programs are definitely capable of that. Okay. Um, moving on to a game that we're definitely going to have the same pick on. Um, <laughs> look, let's be honest. Come on. Yeah, I, I, are you? No. Stop, stop all that gator chomping. Um, gator chomping is going to be what the Bulldogs are doing to the Gators this week. Brother, um, Georgia. Florida has a 93% chance of winning this game. Florida is 4-3. and three, Georgia 7-0. and oh. Georgia is also number one in the nation for good reason. Stetson Bennett is an absolute monster. His touchdowns are not there. No. Let's let's be real honest, especially coming off of looking at C.J. Stroud's uh, stat line. Yeah. But he has 2,033 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception in week nine. That's awesome. That's great. Um, he doesn't need to find the end zone because Georgia's defense and their running game are lights out this year. Look, I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it brief. Um, Georgia's demolishing yes, Florida. For like sure. the spread, yeah, they're 22, covering twenty two and a half. They're yeah. covering that. Yeah, over, over under, under, they're probably going over by themselves. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I could see Florida maybe being competitive, not with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Dude, let me just read you this stat. On average, Florida is allowing twenty eight points a game. Brother, <laughs> Georgia is allowing. Nine. Nine. That's, I mean, nine points a game. Brother. That's, Georgia is also putting up over 500 yards of offense. Florida is putting up 430 yards of offense. Okay, respectable. Let me read you their last four scores. 55 to nothing against Vanderbilt. 42-10 against Auburn. A scary 26-22 against Mizzou, of all people. Mm-hmm. An even scarier 39-22 against Kent State. Mm-hmm. 48-7 South Carolina, 33-0 Samford, and 49-3 against number 11 at the time, I think, um, Oregon. Oregon is now number 8, I believe, in the nation. Yeah, so... Oregon's a good program this year, and Georgia sunned them. Yep. Yep. Uh, but if you look at the Gators, look who they they just played. A loss to LSU, 45-35. to 
uh, a, a scary close win against Mizzou, twenty four seventeen. So they have that in common. They beat they beat up in Eastern Washington, Eastern Washington, fifty two seventeen. Almost, kept almost it very competitive. Kept against it very competitive. Yeah, kept it very competitive against Tennessee, thirty eight thirty three. Is Florida beating Bama this year? No, <laughs> no. And then uh, another scary but close win against USF, thirty one twenty eight. Yeah, I'm picking the Bulldogs all the way. Yeah, it, come on. It is there's come no on. way Georgia loses this game unless they put in like their third stringers, you know, in the first quarter. In the first quarter. And even then they're probably still going to win like 38-35. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm yeah, this is a gimme. Georgia, yeah. Maybe not the next couple years. Oh. Excuse me. Maybe not in the next couple years, but um it for sure is this year. Georgia is winning this game. Yes. No doubt. They cover. They hit the over. And that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> and that's all i got to say about that. Uh, keeping it in the SEC, number 19, Kentucky versus no- – why did we pick this game? We already covered an SEC blowout. Why are we doing it again? <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Anyway, number 19, Kentucky uh, versus number three, Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky's five and two, two and two in the conference. Really need a marquee win to stay alive in the SEC championship hunt. Um, Tennessee seven and zero. They just need to keep on rolling. Yeah, focus on Kentucky. The way Tennessee can lose this game is if they foc- is, is if they start to focus on Georgia and they don't stay focused on Tennessee. Yeah, you or stay focused on Kentucky. Yeah. You have to focus on Kentucky. You you have to take it one game at a time because if you get too far ahead of yourself, you know, you can't just walk walk over Kentucky cuz Kentucky obviously right you know, Kentucky apparently these past couple years is <laughs> You know, come out of nowhere, and now they are no longer just a basketball school. Yeah. But their football side of things is now coming along nicely as well with Mark Stoops. And Will Levis. I mean, this is his senior season, but he's throwing 1,635 yards, 13 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's not a bad stat line for a quarterback. Will Levis, Josh Allen, are they the same? <laughs> they even look similar. Apparently. Oh my God. Apparently. Will Levis compared his game to Josh Allen, saying he was just as good as Josh Josh Allen. Uh, Will no. Levis, thirteen touchdowns, five interceptions, compared to Hendon Hooker, eighteen touchdowns, one interception, two thousand yards passing, two thousand ninety three yards passing. The spread on this right now is twelve and a half in favor of Tennessee, and the over under sixty two and a half. Uh, hit the spread, hit the over. Hit the spread, hit the over. I, I I think so as well. I think Kentucky can keep it competitive and then keep it kind of close. I think they'll keep it within at least two scores uh, towards the end of the game. But, I mean, Tennessee's putting up over 50 points uh, yeah. a game. On average, 50 points a game. <laughs> uh, Boy, Kentucky, don't I know about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kentucky, on average, is putting up only 26 points a game. They're allowing 16. Tennessee is allowing 23 points a game. So Kentucky's defense is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But you got to look at who Tennessee just finished playing. Mm-hmm. Not UTM. Not UT Martin. Not yeah, UT no, Martin. not UTM. Um, Alabama. LSU. Well, not LSU. Alabama. <laughs> at the time, LSU was ranked. And still, LSU is ranked. Thank you very much. Not until we... Lose to Alabama. But anyway, 
Um, Tennessee is battle tested. Mm-hmm. This Tennessee team is undefeated, and they have blown to bits any and all expectations for them this year. Yes, uh, um, this very well could be national championship season for Tennessee. Let's hope so. I think. Yes. I think you know. I think America would burn to the ground if Tennessee, just in celebration, yes, 100%. that an SEC team not named Georgia or Alabama is playing uh, for a national title. We saw what happened when LSU won, but <laughs> um, but yeah, LSU's won before. LSU's won within this century. Yes, as West Virginia. I don't want to talk about it. Today. Moving on. <laughs> Before why Owen starts to, crying. Why did you have you to go You brought there? it up. You but said I, LSU has won one in this century. Yeah, you've won three in this century. I was, I'm was, i just saying, like, it's been a, it's literally been, like, the last time Tennessee won a national championship was in another century. I'm not saying, like... Another millennium. Another millennium, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, that no, LSU, I'm not, I'm oh. not dogging LSU. No, no, no. I thought you were dogging West Virginia. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going with it. No. But why no. would I dog my own team, man? Dude, just because I'm sad doesn't mean doesn't mean I hate them. Okay, Neil Brown's your coach. JT Daniels is looking, starting to look shaky on the field because Neil Brown is his coach. You can't line up on third down. Uh, you can't line up on fourth and short. Um, your defensive coordinator's doing a good job bringing in the talent, but I mean he's not getting his play calling correct. Your coach isn't preparing your players. Uh, your okay, offense okay, is looking okay, predictable. I get it. I get it. I get it. Do you, okay. you want me to go on? Please stop. <laughs> okay. Please. Um, um, speaking of Big Twelve, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm picking Tennessee in this game to win. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure, Tennessee over Kentucky. Yes. Look at us. Look at us. We're we're agreeing on this episode, except for. Uh, one oh yeah, that's right. We did. Here. We did not. Yeah, that was an exception. Interesting. Um, moving on. Bring it to the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Your territory, <laughs> number nine, Oklahoma State versus number twenty-two, Kansas State. Oklahoma State is favored um, by ESPN fifty-four point one to K State's forty-five point nine. The spread is one and a half in K State's favor. Interesting. Spencer Sanders from Oak State. It's 154 for 262, 2,030 yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. You would think that that would be impressive. And then you look at Dominic Richardson. 121 attempts, 451 yards, eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Owen, this is a Oklahoma State, and I know I don't have to tell you this. This is an Oklahoma State team who likes to run the ball in the end zone or in the red zone, and also throw it a mile as well. Yeah, they throw the ball down the field when he gets tackled. Dominic uh, Dominic Richardson just runs it in. Mm-hmm. Adrian Martinez, will he start this game? He is questionable for Kansas State after being knocked out Should. against TCU. Adrian Martinez has only thrown four touchdowns this year. But I think he has double that, or not double that, but I think he has uh, the same amount rushing as well. He's not. He has 907 yards, 87 for 140. Deuce Vaughn, 132 carries, 70, 740 yards, 744 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, 
Oklahoma State's putting up, on average, 44 points a game compared to Kansas State's only 28 points a game. However, Oklahoma State is allowing that exact amount, 28 points per game on defense. Kansas State is only allowing 19 points on average per game. Oklahoma State is putting up, on average, 467 yards compared to Kansas State's 401 yards. Uh, they're 313 through the they're 313 through the air and 153 on the ground. Kansas State is uh, kind of the opposite. They have 169 through the air, 232 on the ground. They really rely on Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn's legs. Oklahoma State has given has has given up around 450 yards on defense. Jeez. 303 of that is through the air and 146 is on the ground. Kansas State, on average, is giving up 374 yards a game. 230 of those are through the air, and 144 of those are on the ground. I understand why you would pick Kansas State um, over Oklahoma State because this is a spoiler game. Oh, for sure. K-State has the opportunity. And Big 12 uh, championship implications as well. For sure, on Oak State's part. Um, Actually, for both of these teams. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State's only loss is in conference. To TCU. Yep. In double overtime. In double overtime. Um, I'm still going with Oklahoma State. Um, just their offense. I am also going with Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. Dude. I'm 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 out to win. I'm not out to agree here. I want to win. All right. Oklahoma State it is. All right. It doesn't give me. It doesn't make me feel much better when we have to go to Stillwater at the end of the year. But you know, it is what it is. I guess. Uh, speaking about to. Oh, sorry. Uh, before and, we move and on, and I think they hit. The, here's the thing. You rolled your eyes and acted like I was ridiculous one week when I said somebody was going to hit the. It was going to. It was going to cover on the spread at one and a half. There's a very good possibility that that could not happen if it's a 24-23 yeah. game. There's a very good possibility that you don't hit the spread. 24-23 is such a weird final score. Isn't if you it, think though? About Especially it. for um, LSU. Isn't that odd, Cole? Isn't 24-23 a weird score? Funny how you can just march right down out on the field, score a touchdown with triple zeros hitting the clock, and um, and then all you got to do is kick a PAT. Isn't it all you got to do, Cole? All you have to do, Owen, and you against the inferior Florida team. I'm going to go off on a tangent for one second and bear with me here. Oh, no. In 2002, the New Orleans Saints played the Jacksonville Jaguars um, in a wild card playoff game. This was before Jacksonville was relocated to the AFC. You know how we won that game? Pitching it, doing lateral passes. Mm-hmm. We are no, sorry, not won the game. Let me let me preface that. We scored the game. We would have won the game and sent it into overtime um, on that touchdown against Jacksonville, a Florida team, a Louisiana team against a Florida team, scoring a very unlikely touchdown with triple zeros on the clock, like you just said. Guess how we lost the game? A blocked extra point? We missed the PAT wide right. Something. We're cursed. 
The state of Louisiana is just, always just cursed. Just in the Superdome. Just in the Superdome, because that was also in the Superdome, wasn't it? No, that was in Jacksonville. I was in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Yeah. It would have been all. It would have been like the perfect coincidence if. But anyway, that's my tangent. I just I needed to get that off my chest. The, and, and oddly enough, the the inferior of the Florida teams for both LSU and college football, or but for both NFL and college football. Yeah, Jacksonville over or Jacksonville under Miami, and then Florida and Tampa State Bay. and Tampa. Well, Tampa Bay this year, uh, or not this year, but Tampa Bay in general here recently. Anyway, my tangent is done. <laughs> Sorry, I just I I found that interesting, and I haven't really had a chance to bring it up. So just how you found that twenty four twenty three is an interesting score. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um. Again, next. The uh, the review episode, the Sunday episode, very well could be titled Blowout City. Uh, For sure. I hate to say it. I really do. Michigan State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's 3-4, and 1-3 and three in conference. Michigan, number four ranked, 7-0, and 4-0 oh, and oh in conference. Uh, Michigan's absolutely steamrolling people. Their uh, points per game, 42.7. Michigan State's 27.3. Points allowed. Um, Michigan State, 27.1. Michigan, 12. Total yards, 473.6 for Michigan. Michigan State's 349. Not bad, but when you're matched up against a program like Michigan, that's terrible. Those are rookie numbers. you got to pump those up. Um, Michigan loves to run the ball 241 versus 239 or 231 uh yards rushing and yards passing. Michigan State relies on the pass a little bit. 242 versus 106, which is more typical. Yards allowed is where it gets really interesting. Michigan State 422 yards allowed per game. Michigan 250. That is Two trips to the end zone and a stop at the 50-yard line. Owen, the spread is 23. The over-under is 55. I'm picking Michigan. I'm also let's, picking. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> I am also picking Michigan. I am also picking Michigan. Um, but let us remember, and this is directed, this is absolutely 100% directed towards the one and only Ethan Berger. Um Remember to be respectful and cheer respectfully against your 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 vaunted rivals, the Michigan Wolverines, because just disrespectful and college football rivalries are always respectful to one another. Yep. <laughs> no, did you, I don't know if you've seen that video, and Berger probably has seen that video. Is both Michigan and Michigan State, or was it just Michigan State? Um posted a video of Michigan State and Michigan fans saying how they need to be respectful to one another against this game and cheer and cheer respectfully for one another. Yeah. No, absolutely not. If I am that's sad. Yeah, that's that, terrible. That's no. That's no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. Like LSU's claim to fame is a very NSFW song that we play during blowouts and our band gets fined because the lyrics are too bad. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm here for the trash talk. Yeah. Oh, and you know what we do against Pitt. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, you know, it's, I'm, um, yeah, 
I'm for sure taking Michigan. Spread is 23, over-unders 55. What are you thinking? Michigan hits that by itself. They cover, <laughs> they, they, they cover the spread fine. Ethan Berger, we're sorry. And we're sorry. We're sorry, Berger. But Michigan covers the spread just fine, and they hit and Michigan hits the over by themselves. Yeah, I, uh, I have to agree. ESPN has Michigan winning this game with a 90% chance of like a 90% chance of winning. Brother. Michigan State, you have a you have a 10% chance to win this game. Just want to let you know. You have a 10% know. chance at best. At best of beating Michigan. At best. And if you add Kurt Angle to the mix, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, moving on, uh taking it to the West Coast. Um which we have done a lot here recently. Mhm. Um number 14 Utah Five and two, three and one in conference against Washington State. Four and three, one and three in conference. Um, Tickets as low as eight dollars. Steal, an absolute steal. Uh, Utah is favored seventy-eight point five to twenty-one point five per ESPN. The spread is seven, and the over/under is fifty-five. Seven in the favor of the Utes. Yeah, no, the the ranked team is not favored. <laughs> Um, um, I don't know. Kansas State is favored com- compared to all. Uh, I saw Oklahoma. that, but it's like it's one point five. It's still. I mean, they're still favored. I get it. I do, but still. Cam Rising, again, we've talked about him before on this show. Yeah. Fifteen touchdowns, three interceptions, one thousand eight hundred fifty-five yards, one hundred forty-eight for two fifteen. Compared to, I think this is also Cameron, Cameron Ward. Ward. Yep. Yep. Cameron Ward for Washington State. Who is Jesus? He's a sophomore. One seventy-five for two seventy-seven. One thousand nine hundred sixty-two yards, sixteen touchdowns, and eight interceptions. He is a sophomore, brother. Uh, Utah is putting up over forty points a game uh, compared to Washington State, who's putting up only twenty-four points a game. Utah is allowing twenty-two points a game. Washington State is allowing twenty points a game. On average, Utah is putting up 472 yards of offense. Washington State is putting up 369 yards of offense. Both of these teams, I kid you not, to the decimal, their yards passing are 280.3. 280.3. We saw that in another game with another stat. I not this week. No, but, yeah. it, was, it was a couple weeks ago. Weird. But, yes, that they, they so they literally passed the ball the, for the same amount on average. However – Utah is able to rush the ball a little bit better, 192 yards, compared to Washington's 89 yards rushing the ball. Utah is allowing 350 yards a game compared to Washington State, who is giving up 367 yards per game. Utah is allowing uh, 208 yards of that 350 passing, and they're allowing 142 yards rushing. Washington State is is allowing 243 through the air and 123 on the ground. So it is clear Washington State's weakness is their air attack, is the yeah. air attack, or which their is, secondary. I'm sorry. Yeah, which is surprising because normally if you have a top tier quarterback like someone who likes to throw the ball, and obviously Cameron Ward likes to throw the ball, he's thrown it 277 times. Mm-hmm. Um, usually your secondary comes along in practice, especially against your ones, like one-on-ones. Yep, yep. Um, Apparently not against West Virginia. Well, <clears throat> um, this is definitely Utah's game to lose. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we've got to disagree somewhere, but I'm also going to say Utah for this game as well. But I, I, 
I understand why the spread is seven. Let me. No, let I me do too. To Washington State's a quality team. Yeah, they're their good. losses are to USC and Oregon. A close loss to Oregon, mind and, you, and Oregon State. And uh, yeah, it's two possessions. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a solid win. That's a that's a good like. Hey, we be like walking into the fourth quarter. You're like, hey, yeah. you're done. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm also picking Utah. I mean, I like I said, I so can understand. So one of us is going undefeated this week, and another one of us is taking a loss. Yes. It, it's really the Ohio State and Penn State game that yes. is going to decide this. The over-under is 55. Do they hit it? Um, I think under. You think under? I think Utah's offense is productive, um, especially with Cameron Rising. But I don't think if Utah can get the ground game going early on and – Washington uh, Washington State's run defense is significantly better than Utah's. That's fair. Um, I I think if Washington State can eliminate that and focus on the secondary, um, they can keep it close. Yeah, and that will cause a low scoring game. Fair but enough. We'll fair see. Enough. Um, but yeah, no, I'm picking Utah on this. Utah will still be able to um, make a run for it in the Pac-12 championship. They're Overall, like they're not making the college football playoff, not with no, the two loss. No, but they uh, they very well could. They're very well still in the running for the Pac-12 championship. So, yeah, I uh, I've got Utah in this as well. Um, Washington State will take their fourth loss. They're going to go on to win, a, you know, many more games. Speaking of which, I want to do a check in to Oregon State here because I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Wow, they very well could also uh, win the Pac-12. They're yeah, six, six and two. two. Because I thought your Pac-12 championship pick was ridiculous over the summer. And here we are. Look at you doing your homework. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I definitely didn't just pull that out of my butt. But anyway. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> I hear you. Um, moving on to D3 mm-hmm. in ODAC. Uh, Ferrum plays Bridgewater at home Saturday. October 29th at 2 p.m. Ferrum is 1-6. They have momentum going into this game. Bridgewater is 6-1. May we remind you, too, of last year's game, that incredible finish by our boy Nick Cook, friend of the show, Mm -hmm. uh, who scored last-minute touchdown to seal the game there uh, for Ferrum against Bridgewater. Currently, Bridgewater leads this series 8 Eight to five. Um, Farum's first uh, first time Farum played Bridgewater was in 1998, and they beat Bridgewater 24 to 10. The last 10 matchups, four to six, favor Bridgewater. Uh, Farum's largest margin of victory against Bridgewater was 37 to six. That was back in 2011. Their smallest margin of victory was back in 2009. Uh, 34 to 37. On average, these teams are scoring about 21 points a game. Currently, Ferrum is on a four. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. No, my bad. Take that away. <laughs> um, but yeah. Their home record against Bridgewater is two and four. Uh, Farum does a little bit better on the road. They're three and four against Bridgewater on the road. 
fairly similar, though. Yeah. So, and may we also remind you, I'll give you a little bit of stats. Bridgewater, on average, is putting up 30 points a game. They're allowing 17 points per game. They're also, let's see here, um, putting up an average of 131 yards rushing during a game. That's they're putting they're they're. That's right. Did I say that right? They're putting yes. up okay. They're putting up 131 yards a game, but they're giving up 135 yards on the ground. So how Ferrum stacks up, um, as far as yards, points, everything like that, Ferrum is putting up 283 yards per game, averaging 146 yards on the ground, 137 through the air. Uh, points per game, 14.9. Yards allowed, 423. Bridgewater is putting up around 215 yards a game and allowing 125, I think. Um, rushing? I'm sorry. No, no, no. They're they're giving up, or the uh, Bridgewater's putting up... 316, 316 and allowing 351. Yes. So Bridgewater's red zone defense, phenomenal. Great. Um, what I am looking at here is Bridgewater's pass defense and Ferrum's pass defense. 15 yards. 230 versus 215. Ferrum has 230. Bridgewater has 215. Um Rush defense, uh, Bridgewater is allowing 135. Ferrum is allowing 193. Ferrum likes to run the ball. That's plain as day for everyone who watches them. If we can establish the run and get points where we can, Ferrum will win this game. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of that has to do with capitalizing in the red zone, whether that be field goals or touchdowns. Just score points. Yes. Score points. Malcolm Anderson right now for Bridgewater. Um, currently he is 66 for 113 with six touchdowns and two interceptions with a total of 779 yards. Um, <clears throat> and then Jalen Wood also is 44 for 76 one INT and three touchdowns. He has a total of 465 yards um, per game. Right now, currently at a at a uh, at a rating, Malcolm Anderson is at a 130.3, and then Jalen Wood is at a 119.7. I'm trying to see where the uh, Ma- are. Malcolm Anderson is actually uh, is also the one of the leading rushers for. Bridgewater as well. He has five touchdowns on the ground, 286 uh, total. Excuse me. Mm. He's uh, got a total of 286 yards on the ground, and he's averaging around seven yards a rush or or seven yards a carry. You also got uh, Albert uh, uh, Mensaw, who's got – 267 yards on the ground and six touchdowns. 
it will be interesting to see how Ferrum's defense is going to match up, especially with, you know, two very solid quarterbacks in Anderson and Wood. Um, obviously, Josh Luckett, he is uh, right now, he is 15 for 29, 51.7 completion percent with uh, 129 yards, two interceptions through the air. That's through the air. Um on the ground, he's a much he he is much more of an athlete than I would say he is a passer. Yes, which is what Farum is needing, though. On the ground, he has thirty-two rushing attempts, one hundred and fifty-one yards, um, and two touchdowns with a long of fourteen. So he is solid. He is the third best rusher for Farum. Zach Smiley on the ground's got a total of 430, uh, 433 yards on the ground. Three touchdowns, um, averaging about four and a half yards a carry. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Bridgewater's run defense can capitalize, or if they can capitalize against Farum's multi-headed attack now in Josh Luckett and Zach Smiley. Um, obviously, you know, last week we saw what Guilford or how Guilford could handle Farum. Um, they couldn't, and we were able to put up serious points and able to win the game. First time since, I want to say, give me a minute here. So first time since LaGrange that they put up over 30 points. But in total in this season, this is the first time since uh, Hamden-Sydney that they put up anything over 15 points. Um, through the first five games – they scored nine points against UVA Wise, three against Muskin Gum, 38 against LaGrange. They put up a goose egg against Shenandoah, 16 against Hamden Sydney, seven against Washington and Lee two weeks ago. And then of course last week they got uh they put up thirty one over Guilford. Can they continue to do that this year? I think the biggest thing right now is Farham doesn't have a quarterback between Braden Hawkins and like the, Josh Luckett is the punter, and he's the third-string quarterback. I think at this point, if you're, you know, as Cleve Adams, uh, what he's kind of shown us is like they're kind of running out of options here. They, they they've got these three; none have really separated themselves in game. So, you know, you're kind of really. I think if you get a quarterback, you put things together. If you can get a solid quarterback in there, and you may just have to turn into what's looking like a wildcat, as you either have Zach Smiley or Josh Luckett. Uh, taking snaps under center, and you're just going to have to r r really rely on their run game and make those more short to intermediate passes. Don't bomb it down the field and just get an average yeah. of like five yards. Try to get at least four to five yards per play. Absolutely. I mean, Bridgewater, their offense is probably one of the best, if not the best, in the ODAC. And they still got stomped by Randolph Macon, 44-7. to Yeah. That's scary. That's terrifying considering – and we don't want to look too far ahead, but next week we do go. Uh, Farum does go to Randolph Macon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yikes! Um, speaking of things that are terrifying, oh, is oh, that it for our Farum recap? Is that? Um, I mean, I look. Farum can win this game. Farum needs to win this game if they want to still have a shot. Now, granted, we're past the point of. But if you just want to end the season on a high note, yeah. However, like you said before, is we're, we're they're past not going yeah. zero and ten. We're past the point of getting into the ODAC playoffs 
without serious outside help. Yeah. I don't think we're officially eliminated yet. Um, but if we drop a single game, it's over. I would say it's over now almost. I mean, there's really nothing. I don't think there's enough games left on the schedule between uh, between Randy Mack, Washington Lee, and Hamden Sydney to really shake anything up. So, I, I mean, at that point, I, I don't think – and Shenandoah as well, who's kind of in the mix there right now as the standings uh, – currently as the standings. I haven't changed from Sunday, but – Randy Mack is at 4-0 in conference, 7-0 overall. Bridgewater's just behind them at 3-1 in conference, 6-1 overall. Washington Lee is 3-1 in conference, 5-2 overall. Hamden Sydney is 3-1 in conference, 4-3 overall. Shenandoah is 2-2 with an overall of 5-2. Farham is 1-3 in conference and 1-6 overall. Averett is 0-4 in conference, 2-5 overall. And then Guilford is 0-4. One and six overall. Poor Guilford. Poor Guilford, but we see it every year. I mean, honestly, I mean, you're you have to have Shenandoah, Hamden, Sydney, Washington, Lee, Bridgewater, and Randy Mack all beat up on each other. Yeah, and I, I just don't. I mean, they are they are going to beat up on each other, but like it, it would appear to me that Randy Mack is not going to lose three games. No, because they still they they still have their game this week. They've got to go for the fair next week, and then they've got their last game, and, and then of course. That's that's wild to think that they've got their that Odak this Odak season this Odak football season is wrapping up in three weeks. Yeah, because they play well. And here's here's the thing: this week they play Washington, and this is uh, Randy Mack. Um, Randy Mack plays Washington Lee this week, which is going to be a good game. They play Farum next week, and then they go to Hampton Sydney. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah, there's definitely very well could be two losses on there. Yes. Um. <sighs> Farum needs to win out. Uh, yeah, to Plain end on simple. a high note. Yeah, because you've got to play spoiler for Bridgewater, and you've got to play spoiler for Randy Mack. Yep. If even if, but you know, even then, if Randy Mack drops the Farum game, but goes on to beat Washington Lee and oh, yeah. Hamza no, Sydney, they're in there. They're in there. They're conference champs. Yeah. By de facto. By, yeah. So, Which, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think this season was tough, and it goes to show you exactly how much Farron missed uh, Titus. Yeah. And, and uh, Tamate Penn. Tamate Penn. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, win, win the rest of your games, or at least win your last game, go out on a high note. Yep. All right, Owen, take it away. Pain and sadness. So I'm coming wait for West Virginia. So there's 30,000 fans that are going to be in the stands on Saturday. You're going to be just ripping and roaring, let me tell you. 30,000, isn't that, that's not your. 50%. Yeah, that's not your. It's not my usual attendance. That's not our usual attendance record. But you know what? (laughs) When you're three and four and you're playing Jeff, Jeff Fisher football. Brother. What more do you, what more can you expect? Currently, West Virginia's. Hosting TCU for whoever whoever decided this game, why? Because TCU is usually a gimme. Why? Usually. Why? Why couldn't it have been Kansas? Ah. Hey, but you know we could have beaten Kansas later on in the year. You know, let's. You know, at least we could have been prepared somewhat. Maybe no, not really. Okay, um, because apparently, you know, 
they 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 show maybe you, if Jalen Daniels got hurt. Yeah, well, he is hurt right now. So. Right now, yes. Um, so maybe you know what I'm what I'm saying is like apparently nobody looked at film because nobody, you know, uh, they we they weren't prepared for whatever they were going to show them. What film are you watching? You know, but this is going to be a good cube, and I'm playing. I'm not playing devil's advocate. I am advocating for West Virginia in this game because mm-hmm. obviously you're down in the dumps. I'm very upset. This is going to be a good quarterback matchup between JT Daniels and Max Duggan. If JT can. As far as raw talent, I'm not talking about play calling. Well, but, uh, but JT last week threw three interceptions. How much of that was JT and how much of that was play calling? I mean, it can go hand in hand. You yes. know, it can go hand in hand. Uh, currently, TCU uh, is favored seven and a half in the spread. ESPN has them ha- is giving them a sixty eight percent chance of winning this game. Uh, the over under sixty nine. <coughs> so TCU puts up on average forty four points a game. West Virginia is on average putting up thirty five points a game, which is much better than what they did last year. Uh, TCU right now is <clears throat> is giving up 26 points a game. West Virginia is giving up 33 points a game. Yeah, that's – you love to see it. Uh, total yards. At least you're positive. At least I'm positive. At least it's not – I don't know. I, yeah. Um, they're on average, TCU is putting up 522 yards of offense. West Virginia is putting up 437 yards of offense. Two nine, both of these teams really like to throw it, except uh, TCU also likes to run it as well. Yeah. Uh, TCU. Kendra Miller. Yep. Kendra Miller and Max Duggan, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen? Jo- <laughs> oh, oh, no. Wait a minute. Who said he had years of eligibility left? Um, I-, I think we made the joke uh, – when we covered TCU, that Max Duggan looks exactly like a young Josh Allen. Who too. knows? Maybe um, TCU though is two hundred is on average passing the ball two hundred ninety five or putting the ball in the air for over two hundred ninety five yards. West Virginia's putting in the air for two sixty yards. TCU is run is on average rushing the ball for two hundred twenty seven yards a game. West Virginia's rushing it for one hundred seventy four for a game. Not terrible, but it is what it is, I guess. Uh, TCU's given up 398 yards of offense. West Virginia's given up 405 yards of offense. Negligible. Ne- yeah. Um, not. I don't love to see that we're giving up 405 yards of offense. Yeah, but if but TCU's going to give up 398, okay, I feel a little bit better. That's fine, yeah. Um, passing yards allowed. TCU is allowing 260. West Virginia, we all know that secondary is just not what it needs to be. They're giving up 275 yards through the air. Uh, TCU has given up 138 on the ground. West Virginia's only given up 130 on the ground. Rushing defense is more yeah, what this team is. Yeah, your front seven is, is there. Yeah. Uh, Max Duggan, like we said, 19 touchdowns for for one interception. He's 133 for 193, 1,871 yards. JT Daniels is 162 for 254, 1,686 yards, 10 touchdowns, and an interception. Uh Kendra Miller. Six interceptions. Nice. And an interception. Oh, six interceptions. I'm sorry. I yeah. was. Wow. Uh, Kendra, <laughs> Blocking it from your mind. It's okay. Yep. Kendra Miller for TCU has got 132 carries with 731, 731 yards for 10 touchdowns. 
Tony Mathis Jr. is not, uh, 99 carries, 492 yards, five touchdowns. But remember, though, we've got a three-headed monster in the backfield yes. there. They've really just kind of got Kendra Miller. Quint, this is what scares me, is... Quentin Johnson. Quinton, uh, yeah, Quentin Johnston and Max Duggan in that combination, because Quentin Johnson is just... Quentin. Quentin, sorry. Quentin Johnston is just a monster. A monster when it comes to... His stats may not show it, but he's making some amazing catches. He's 38 receptions, 574 yards, three touchdowns, compared to Bryce Ford Wheaton for West Virginia. Who is also a monster in his own right. I get, Yeah, yeah. Um, 45 receptions, 516 yards, five touchdowns. You know, Cole, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm having to convince you because I think I already know who you picked, um, and I don't blame you for, for I know who you already picked. Um, West Virginia is three and four. They are uh, th- one, one and three, three, one and three in yeah. conference. And TCU is right now the odds-on favorite to uh, to win the Big Twelve right now. They are yep. seven and zero. Oh. Um, ranked number seventh. They they can afford to drop a game. Will they drop a game? Don't know. Is this like is this going to be the story of this season for Neil Brown? Is you win one, you lose one. You win one, you lose one. If you do, it's it's awful. And I'm and I'm just ah uh, ah. Uh, this is this is dreadful. This is uh, Cole. I just want you. I want to let you know what what's going on in this season. Start off the season zero one, then you go zero and two, then you go one and two, then you go two and two, then you go two and three, then you go three and three. Now you're three and four. Do you realize we're back? We're jumping backwards. Like it's going to go. 500, 400, 500, 400, 500. Like, like, do you realize how agonizing this is? This is awful. Not really. Yeah, because apparently LSU's down year is possibly a 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 season. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Look, I'm sorry. I, I, I really am. Um, I I hate I I love West Virginia. I always have loved West Virginia. I respect the crap out of West Virginia. But Neil Brown needs to go. I know that's what you've been saying for I two want, years now. I want to clarify though. I want him to succeed as our football coach because yes. if he succeeds, that means I am rooting for him to succeed. I want him to succeed. But if he is not going to succeed, it's time to cut the ties. Yeah, if he's not taking the steps to prepare your defense and prepare your offense for Texas Tech, what do you think he's doing against Texas Christian? And I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be that blunt about it, but it's no, the no, truth. No, no, I understand. I understand. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I am going to pick TCU. I don't blame you. I'm not angry about it. I'm going to be honest. I'm not angry about it. I don't blame you. There's um, nothing on here that that would tell you to pick to pick West Virginia. I think that West Virginia is going to make it a competitive game. Um, but I think TCU is way too good this year. Because as you said, they're the odds on favorite to win the Big 12 this year. Um and I mean just looking at Max Duggan's stats, man. 
he's a monster. Oh no, no, yeah. Uh, JT, I think his biggest weak, his biggest weakness right now is he doesn't know when to tuck it and run. He can get outside the pocket. He's not Jarrett Dakey. But he, he won't run it past the line of scrimmage, and I don't know why. There were several instances in the past couple of games where he should have ran it and did not. So, there's that. Um, but, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, obviously, I'm biased in this game, so I don't really feel like picking. Um, I'm just trying to convince you that I don't know what there is to convince, but I am just trying to convince you in this game. But, yeah, Um don't know. We're just gonna have to ride this season out, I guess. If what ha- you know, if Neil Brown gets fired, I would say you never want your I you never want your head coach to not succeed. No, no. Um, you want your head coach as long as he is there. You want your head coach to succeed. Absolutely. But at the same time, if play calling and development development and um, uh, like defensive and offensive fronts and schemes uh, are your or preparation biggest, or thank you or prep are your biggest issues and they're very obvious your biggest issues because I mean you look at the stats for now granted not JT take JT out of the picture look at Tony Mathis and Bryce Ford Wheaton stats compared to Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnston. And Bryce Ford also Wheaton is compare is comparable to Quentin Johnston. Yes. If not better. Yeah. And also, you said it yourself, you have a three headed monster in your backfield. So it, it says Tony a Mathis lot. Mathis is out for this game, by the way. Ah CJ Donald CJ Donaldson is in for the game. Triple J, Justin Johnson Jr. is questionable. Mm. But the talent is there. And it's very obvious the talent's there. It's all about prep. And I understand players are the ones that have to make the plays. But it's your coaching staff to try and get your players as ready as they can to make those plays. 100%. Could not agree more. For that, I'm Owens Pelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And that's going to do it here for us on the Panther Pod.